here's where you have to know how to drop your golf ball. Sure speeds up play when you have those drop areas. Fowler has dropped the ball twice. The Shambo is going to get a free drop. Something bad has happened if we end up here. This is the drop zone. Folks, good evening. Happy Sunday and welcome to the drop zone. I'm Dylan DeChair here with Sean Zock. Sean, I am back. I'm back in Seattle, back in the homeland after uh, most of a week at the Hero World Challenge. I didn't quite make it all the way through Sunday's round, uh, but of course did watch it on the TV. Um, But saw some sights, heard some sounds, and I'm hoping I can answer some of your questions about it. Yeah, I want to hear about everything you did over like a bunch of rainy days looking at Tiger watching <laughs> I don't know who you watched Max Homa uh everything down in the Bahamas I definitely had FOMO but then when it was raining the whole time I was pretty happy to be here it was definitely a weird week um I mean this is a good week to catch up with some players to kind of take the temperature on various different things um but there were such serious like rain delays during the pro-ams uh there were yeah, it was like play kept starting and stopping. And this is a big, it's a big week for the AMs. Like this is a fairly, uh, I don't know if schmoozy is quite the right word, but it's a its a high-powered group of individuals playing at this thing. So most other places, maybe if it's a rainy day they would, and, and you know there's some lightning, they might not restart the Pro-Am after like a rain delay. Mm. But here it's like these dudes are, they're here. They have probably ponied up some good cash to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole thing is for Tiger's charity, and they're probably some of the people that really support that charity. So anyway, there was a lot that was kind of going into making sure this was the best week possible. Uh, but at the same time, the weather in the early stages was not cooperating. Yeah, uh, nor was Tiger's body. I don't know if that's interesting <laughs> at all. Nor was Tiger's body uh, or his heels or whatever is, uh, wherever plantar fasciitis exists. But uh, my question before the questions, Dylan, is... Who's the presenting sponsor of the drop zone? Oh, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked it. And that would be Radmore Golf, Sean. We've been telling the good people about Radmore for most of this year at this point. And so hopefully you've already picked up some Radmore gear. But if you haven't, right now is the best time. There's still time to order. It'll get here by Christmas. You can you can get some holiday shopping. Um done at radmoregolf.com you can enter code drop zone that's d-r-o-p-z-o-n-e at checkout for 25 percent off uh i've been i actually was you know sean you go to these warm weather places you think i just need it i just need a t-shirt just need a short sleeve shirt whatever i was rocking a sweatshirt inside because every media center <laughs> in the world it's one of the coldest places on earth uh i was staying at the lovely baja mar they were cranking the air conditioning too so you need it. You need a little sweatshirt. You need an extra layer everywhere you go. You can get that at RadmoreGolf.com. My question uh, next is, why did you go to the Bahamas? Oh man, good question. Um, well, I thought it would be fun. There's there's one answer, uh, but no, really, it's a good chance to see some of the best players in the world in a more relaxed environment and. Um, get a little bit of FaceTime with some of these people and, and that's definitely part of it, but you know, I'd also be lying if I said there wasn't some of the tiger factor involved too. I think that that's a significant piece of all this. We had not seen tiger woods, the face of golf since July when he finished up the open championship, it's a long time um, ago. you know, 
we've seen little social clips of him caddying for Charlie, uh, you know, walking around various places in Florida. But yeah, we basically haven't seen him since he was crossing the bridge and waving to the crowd and doing his whole thing at St. Andrews. So it was time to take stock and check in. Yeah. So homie's got plantar fasciitis, which strikes me as a temporary thing, but uh, that just comes from being on your feet a lot and like maybe walking in a certain yeah. way. Was he caddying for Charlie too much? Like <laughs> I, that's my question. So, all right, here's the deal. From what I understand, what happened in the lead up to this event was Tiger was grinding and he was prepping hard. And what that meant was he was doing quite a bit of walking 18 holes. Um, And I think in classic Tiger fashion, you know, when you're recovering, when you're rehabbing, there's a fine line between, you know, strengthening and getting ready and working hard and then overdoing it. And Tiger would probably pretty classically (laughs) fall on the overdoing it side. So he was walking a ton he was supplementing with extra beach walks, uh, which I assume just means walking on the beach. He said to simulate the sandy environment of the hero. So that is so again BS. <laughs> it's this is uh this is maybe just some some galaxy brain stuff coming from Tiger and I don't know if it basically was a stress test and his foot failed the stress test. Uh, it was not ready by all accounts even by Tiger's account, but by other people that have played with him, he's hitting it great. He's hitting it better than this summer. Um, again, you know, I can hear people rolling their eyes at home of like, yeah, how many times do we need to hear that Tiger's shooting 64 at his home course in practice rounds uh, before it actually means something? But yeah, he's swinging the golf club well. We'll get to see that this week um, at the match. We'll get to see it next week at the PNC. The people around him don't seem to think that either of those events will be an issue to play, um, but walking around, no bueno. Yeah. Uh, he seemed to do a lot of stuff, though. Like, he was very involved. He was riding the golf uh, riding the golf course in a cart with Charlie. Um, I think it's interesting that Charlie was there. You know, oftentimes Tiger, as a host, has just been like Tiger by himself. Kids and the family haven't really been around. So I was intrigued by that did you find out anything that was particularly interesting about him this week like just kind of being on the ground and not necessarily his thoughts on like the world golf ranking but was there anything that made you i guess feel like he was different than he was in july that's a good question um i found out that he he has survived the ftx scandal tiger (laughs) despite being a neighbor with sam bankman fried in the bahamas sounds like uh he was not really invested in any of the the crypto stuff there. Uh, So that was a relief. I know people were worried about Tiger's financials. Um, He seemed happy. He seemed, he seemed kind of delighted that everyone was there at his tournament uh, on his stomping grounds. Like it was, I guess, Tuesday or Wednesday, he was just cruising around the course in his golf cart with his dogs kind of running after him, uh, yelling at, pros as he drove by them and kind of mixing it up. He definitely likes still being in the mix. And for some of the guys there who was their first time, like it was a thrill for them too. I talked to Cam Young about, um, well, about a few things. That was one of the reasons I was there. I got a Q&A with him that we'll be able to see in a future issue of Golf Magazine. But one of the things he said was that he was just still so 
shocked for Tiger Woods to be talking to him and Tiger <laughs> flagged him down. I guess Tiger was dog. In the gym you every almost morning. won the open. <laughs> Tiger Woods oh, yeah, is going to talk to you soon. Yeah, yeah. And and Cam Young seems like the most nonplussed guy ever. It seems like seems like a guy whose heart rate does not really fluctuate. But um, he said, yeah, the fact that Tiger Woods a invited me to his tournament and b thanked me for being here basically like blew his mind. Um, same with Tom Kim. It's it's kind of a mutually thrilling experience right now. It seems like Tiger enjoys being. Tiger likes having the ring kissed a little bit, and these guys love being around Tiger. So it seemed like people were having a good time, including Tiger. Uh, did you have any fun? Did you put any bets down in the casino? Were you hitting the blackjack tables, the slots? What kind of games were you playing? Yeah, I actually emerged uh, slightly up in the Baja Mar. It's always a mix of, you know, you want to you wanna go socialize. I guess, so for anyone that has not been to the Hero World Challenge, a place where a lot of people stay is the Baja Mar, which is the sprawling complex of several hotels. There's a big casino floor there. Um, there's a bunch of pools. There's the ocean, and there's a shuttle from there to the course every day. So it makes a lot of sense to uh, to stay there. And yeah, there's agents, there's uh, staffers, there's various different people. So it's a good chance to see people to catch up. Uh, a lot of people hang out like right outside the sports book. Slugger White used to. The last two times I was there, he was just sort of a constant presence in the sports book, holding like a glass of white wine. Um, he was not there this year. He's no longer in good standing on the PGA Tour since he's lives rules official now. Um, but yeah, no, I came out came out slightly ahead. It made me think, actually, Sean, of a trip you and me took to Mayakoba a few years ago where we were playing it. We found a little $5 blackjack table at this all-inclusive resort we were staying at and we were like the only people there every night and every <laughs> night we would just we would just sort of hang around and sneak away up like 40 or 50 bucks and be like all right we can leave happy this was yeah. a little bit like okay. that but the minimums at the Baja Mar are not five dollars per bet <laughs> I'll tell you that much uh, all right so in your time on the grounds I know you talked about Cameron Young but did you learn anything about other golf pros uh, that's a good question pro golfers yeah yeah Golf pro, yeah. So, well, golf pros, Cam Young's dad, golf pro, now retired, traveling full-time with Cam Young. So there's a golf pro fact. Let's see. One interesting thing, um, Shane Lowry is going to skip the first the first elevated event of all time. This was a funny thing. He's not going to Hawaii. He's not doing the Tour of Champions. He was like, dude, do you know how far Ireland is from Hawaii? <laughs> I was like, yeah, but you're also playing in a small field for a lot of money. And it it reminded me of the um it reminded me of like a college class where okay, you can skip one homework assignment out of ten throughout the semester. And there's inevitably a kid or two in the class that's just gonna skip that very first one. The first one. Like, yeah. Ah, <laughs> I, I don't know. We gotta I'm not ready for snack commitment. bars open. <laughs> um so Shane Lowry is going to get that first one out of the way. He's not going to play it. I thought that that was pretty funny. And there was plenty of talk about the new schedule floating around. Uh, I mean, that's been in the news all week. Victor Hovland talked about it. He was pretty funny talking about it, that he went on to win. But um, early in the week, he gave a press conference and they were asked, oh, you know, they were asking him what he thought of it. And he said, he basically said he hates to plan in advance. So this kind of spooks him. 
this is classic, just, you know, 20 something guy behavior. I would say it's like, he would play all these events anyway, but the fact that he knows he has to feels a little bit, I think he feels kind of, uh, I don't know, a little bit trapped by that. And yeah, so he sort of talked about that and then he, he kind of talked himself in circles. It's not clear that it was actually something that was bothering him, but he did say that he didn't love it. And then someone that has that has said in the past that that was going to bother him and now has seems to have come full circle on it is John Rom, who also talked about mm-hmm. that this week. And um, he was he was a little hot under the collar this week, actually. He had a little bit of everything on the course. Uh, there was some chatter that his driver did not make it through the first round in one piece. Um, I didn't, Mm. I didn't see that firsthand, but a couple people that had had just been watching on the 18th said that there was a trash can that then had two pieces of John Rahm's driver in it. So um, I expect that he's going to have a very good next year, but there were some tense moments this week in the Bahamas. Okay. Another question. What did you learn about Sam Bankman freed? Oh man. Glad you asked. Um, he's around. He is like, he was a major topic of conversation. Um, I guess if if we should give like a 30 second backstory here, Sam Bankman Fried is the FTX dude. He was the uh, founder of the second largest cryptocurrency exchange in the world. Turns out my man was taking your hard-earned funds, which had been deposited in his exchange, and kind of backdooring them into some of his other projects, spending a lot of money. And eventually, when people came calling for their money, he didn't have it. And Mm. that's not good. There was kind of a bank run style thing that happened. A lot of people lost money. There's a whole bunch of investors. Okay, but what's his connection to golf? My man is at Albany. He is... By the way, Albany, where they were playing this week, it's this little enclave in the Bahamas. It's not Albany Golf Club. It's not the Albany Mm -hmm. Club, whatever. It's just Albany. It's just a one name. That's bothered me for years. It's like Madonna. It's the hardest thing to write about because (laughs) it's this. But it's not like Madonna. (laughs) No, it's not because that would refer to one person. And this refers to both the community and also the golf course and also just kind of the general, yeah, the general deal there. It's like, what is this? Yeah, is it a resort? Is it a community? Is it a golf course? Yeah. Is it a club? Is it like, what is this thing? It's Albany. Yeah, it's a place. Uh, and it, and it's also like the same name as the capital of New York. <laughs> yeah, not to mention. And so like, <laughs> it's definitely hard to understand what Albany is. Mm. Maybe yeah, that really bothered me. Anyway, Sam Bankman freed. Uh, I was trying to work in a joke actually all week about, you know, so Sam Bankman freed was, was hanging out in his $40 million penthouse, uh, living with about a dozen other people. And so there was definitely a joke there to be made about, you know, a group of people at Albany kind of working together to make points out of nowhere that, you know, mm. and folks, I'm not talking about the Hero World Challenge, that kind of thing. And I didn't quite get to use that this week. It was a little half-baked. But people were on the lookout. Everyone was like, if they hadn't seen him, they were like, I've been I've been searching for him. Um, let's see. Someone said that they'd seen him walking around barefoot outside and just kind of looking over his shoulder 
constantly. Uh, very on edge. It's just weird. I mean, he, he literally, I don't know if he's living in this apartment penthouse. He's got a house. Uh, some of his people, who did he buy it from? So I don't know who, I think he bought the big penthouse from, I think those were in, I think it was intended to be used as like a short term rental. Like people would use it for, uh, like to come in for a few days at a time. It wasn't even intended to be sold. But then he just came in and bought that up. He bought a, a half dozen other properties also, uh, including one that Bryson DeChambeau used to own. That was a fun fact that I learned. Um, anyway, all the golfers were on the lookout. There weren't a ton of meaningful exchanges uh, with him. Apparently, he was seen in the lobby. He was seen outside, very much out and about. But yeah, just a couple hundred yards from the golf course itself and literally was in a building that other golfers or pro-am participants were staying in what are your other uh notable tidbits that you learned this week um all right just kind of free form here well tiger had some takes this week sean like there was kind of a lot did i mean you you watched his press conference i'm guessing but but i think this was the spiciest tiger press conference maybe that i've ever seen yeah he came in terms of spice like yeah, yeah exactly like We've seen important press conferences. You were at his press conference there a year ago. That was gravely important. It was his first public appearance since the car accident. There have been important pressers, and he said important things throughout the years at press conferences. But this one, it felt like he was getting things off his chest. Mm. And the reporters in the room seemed to ask enough questions to prod the right topics. And Tiger just is never very interested in giving things away, uh, even his opinions. Um, I think he finds a little bit of comfort in speaking about live golf because Rory has already done it. Mm, <laughs> he kind of just yeah. follows suit with a lot of Rory's talking points. When he said Greg has to go, that would have been a that would have been much bigger news if it came out of Tiger's mouth first and right. not Rory's. Um, so you know he 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 called the OWGR a flawed system, which is not an incredible take, but um, it's a short sighted one in my opinion the current OWGR system. Um, what else did he rip on? I feel like he said a lot of stuff. Well, he talked about St. Andrews and how emotional it was for him to be there. Um, he sort of opened the door to some potential middle ground between Liv and the PGA Tour, but only sort of. I mean, I think yeah. that... I, I get the sense my guy has been watching a lot of uh, Golf Channel, maybe reading a lot of stuff about this whole thing. Like He was definitely prepared for some takes, and he was just so direct. To your point, um, even Casey Martin. I mean, I think some people were kind of raising their eyebrows about this, but this was the last question of the press conference was about him potentially using a cart to play in future tour events. and Which is not allowed. Which is not allowed. He said he could play this week if he had been able to take a cart, um, but he he doesn't really believe in that. He He yeah. really doesn't believe in it, I should say. He said, look, Casey Martin was my teammate. Casey Martin, I voted against him. I voted against the decision to allow Casey Martin to take a cart in competition um, because he thinks that walking is an integral part of the game. And there's, I mean, there's some dark irony there that Tiger is one of the guys that has taken the hardest stand on that. And he's also you, one of the only guys yeah. that it would get affected by it. Like he's one of the only people yeah. that has the game to play on the PGA tour, but not the walking yeah. ability. 
Yeah. And so for anyone who doesn't know, Casey Martin, um, I think in the early 2000s, basically just filed a claim through the Americans with Disabilities Act against the PGA Tour trying to trying to change their regulations so that a player like him uh, who had a leg disability, lower body disability, could ride a golf cart on the PGA Tour. Tiger voted against it, which was information that I don't think was ever made public until Tiger uh, made that omission on Tuesday. And I also think uh, that was stunning because Tiger never says uh, anything that you didn't ask him for, or very rarely does. Tiger Woods is the A-plus student in the class of answering the question that you've been asked. And even if you don't want to answer that question, answer your own question. Uh, like he, he does not volunteer information very often and even did so um, in discussing surgeries <laughs> during the conversation uh, yes, or his press conference a, on Tuesday. I was going to bring that up. So like the whole Casey Martin thing, I think the fact that he shared that information, the fact that he voted against Casey, Casey's claim um, 15 to 20 years ago, whatever it was, that to me was a sign that, holy cow, he actually like really believes that you should not have a golf cart on the golf yeah. course. Not only is he explaining it as like, hey, I can't do this, but no, I voted against this and I'm reminding you all of that. So it ain't going to happen. Don't get your hopes up, folks. People on Twitter were tweeting at me, just let him ride a golf cart. Like, He's not doing no, it. No, the, the, yeah. the PGA Tour is not looking like Tiger doesn't want to mock what's happening there on the PGA Tour every single week. And the PGA Tour is this meritocracy. It is this hard-earned thing. Every victory often brings these champions to tears because of how hard they've worked for it and the mental you know, grind of everything that it took and the physical grind too. So like, you know live golf people would poke holes through the fact that Tiger would be riding a golf cart. Like that's how... That's how our civil war of golf exists right now. But anyways, he, he, he was very coy about the two surgeries, I think he said, or multiple surgeries he had in 2022. Yeah. So this was a thing that he, again, just sort of offered up without, uh, without really needing to, he sort of just said, oh yeah. And I didn't expect to have to have surgery after playing too, which I think suggested that this happened after the open. But he didn't confirm that. He just said they happened this year and they happened as a result of playing. And Gosh, I wonder if it happened in May after the PGA. And that is why he wasn't able to play the U.S. Open in June. Possible. Yeah. Can't rule it out. But yeah, it could have also could really have been in any window there. I guess probably not between the Masters and the PGA. There's no time in there. Um, but I would say most likely at the end of the summer. Um but yeah, Tiger wanted us to know that he'd had surgery, but he didn't want us to know anything more than that, I guess, just to kind Or of, when, exactly. Or when, yeah. 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 So yeah, he was still Tiger in that way. But it's funny, he he. there's a funny thing with Tiger in press conferences, and you'll notice this sometimes. Uh, there's some viral clips of it, but there are people in the media where Tiger has probably kept score over the years, I would say. And a question that might come from someone else uh, or a question that if it came from someone else, he would just answer, um, answer happily. He gets very short with some people or he will intentionally kind of blow them off. And he basically didn't do that at all. 
this week. So that was, I guess, notable for the Tiger Woods press conference nerds among us. Was Netflix uh, down there? No, you could tell. they were not. Oh, damn. Huh. I was thinking that would be the greatest sign that they're going to have season two. I think season two is going to happen. Yeah. Um, but that would be the greatest sign because that's where season one begins, right? That's where the first initial interviews are really happening. That's was part of your reporting from the hero last year. Isn't that right? Yeah, definitely. They, uh, they were down here last year. I'm, I'm thinking that they will be in Hawaii. Um, my guess is yeah. they'll be at that first elevated event. Uh, Tiger won't be there. So that's a bummer, but it doesn't sound like he's really in on this Netflix show so far anyway. So here's a question. Was Tiger invited to the tournament champions? Why would Tiger be in Hawaii? No, no, Tiger won't be there. He's, he's not. Although it is a funny distinction. You made it sound like he was choosing that. Sorry. No, Shane Lowry is doing that. (laughs) Tiger Woods is not, he was not invited. It is a funny distinction, though, because I think that now people have gotten their wires crossed on this player impact program stuff. Like, the dream is to be in Ricky Fowler's position where, I mean, not really, but, like, the ultimate flexibility comes from winning the player impact program, but then not actually being eligible for the events that you're required to play in. So uh, there aren't many guys. Most of the guys that are in the player impact program are also in the Tour Championship, and therefore they're in the... Uh, the Century Tournament of Champions, etc. But yeah, not Ricky Fowler and uh, not Tiger Woods. All right. Any other notes from the Bahamas? Uh, let's see. My favorite quote from this week, Sean, came from Tom Hoagie. This is a fun little subplot, actually, of this week. The They have so few players in the field and so many um valued guests that they actually bring people in just for the one day pro-am on Wednesday. So like Luke Donald was there. Lexi Thompson was there. Morgan Pressel was there. Uh, I remember last year, Will Zalatoris was filling this void and you know, I don't know what the, you get paid something for showing up and you make tiger happy. I don't know, but I was talking to Tom Hoagie cause I ran into him in the, in the hotel and was just asking him why he plays so much. It was me and, and Jack Ryan, actually a PGA tour official. And we're like, you know, Tom, why do you play so much? And he was like, well, I got nothing else to do. Yeah. If I go home, I, like, I love guys like that. Yeah. He was like, I go home and I play there every day for 40 bucks. So I may as well come out here and play for <laughs> 1.5 million. It's like touche Tom. So I enjoyed yeah, talking. I to really, him. I like guys like that. Um, and, What's so funny is there are, there are enough guys like that on the PJ Tour. Uh, not every guy is like that. A lot of guys need breaks, you know. But Tom Hoagie's life is simplified to the point where, yeah, it's just golf, baby, and go where the money is, um, go where the action is. Um, I just that's kind of the dream, right? Is to to exist in anonymity and uh, pl- make a lot of money and just play a game. And don't have a whole lot of other concerns. Two other quick notes before, I guess. Tom Kim, just truly a, a tryhard. And I mean that in an endearing way. But no one was more into this um, shootout that they had on Tuesday than Tom Kim. It, it's what literally just a manufactured thing where they're hitting off a tee box behind the 18th green. And there's a little target set up in the lake on 18. It was an 87-yard wedge shot. Um, it's called the 
hero shot challenge or something like that. Hero <laughs> shot. And uh, Tom Kim was just dialed in. He was calling for, he wanted VAR reviews of uh, whether his ball was like in the inner ring of the target or the outer ring. He was like falling to his knees when shots weren't good. It was pretty funny to watch. Um, <laughs> he said he was down. nervous to meet Tiger Woods and to hit shots in front of him. He looked to the very opposite of nervous. Um, yeah. And Matt Fitzpatrick walked off by the hole was large. It was like one of those new bucket hole sized holes, but uh, from 87 yards, Matt Fitzpatrick walked off by slam dunking a wedge shot, which was pretty sick. That's fun. Yeah. All right. That's all I've got for questions. Oh, wow. You want to get to our new segment? Sure. Sean, welcome to Up and Down. This is something <laughs> I wanted us to try. And it's just kind of a way to talk about the week, but in a slightly different fashion. Um, How'd you come up with the name? Well, it's it's a golf term, Sean. When you're greenside... Mm. Can you get up and down? And yeah, the up, I don't. You the do. Up is typically the chip, and the down is typically the putt. Goes down in the hole. Um, I did play a round of golf, Sean. It would. I would. Yeah. Tell us about kicking well, Dan Rappaport's ass. I don't. <laughs> I would feel bad if I came on the podcast and felt like I was gloating about playing a you know one of my better rounds of recent golf and beating. Uh, you know, putting Dan Rappaport in his place, reminding him who the best washed up but not fully washed up member of the yeah. press corps is. Who's a pro? Who's an amateur? <laughs> anyway, yeah, I made a bunch of putts and made some birdies and beat Dan Rappaport four and two, and he was kind enough to share it on Twitter. Um, so then, in the media center, people were like, "Whoa, you're actually you're you can play golf." <laughs> Um, so that was pretty fun. How'd that feel? It felt good. Dan Dan was a very fun guy to play with. He hits the heck out of the ball. He's actually a nice player in his own right, as they would say. Uh, now I got sidetracked. Now I'm thinking about, you know, how I need to up and down chip shots. Up and down, Sean. Um, you want to kick us off with basically the rules? I want each of us. I want each of us to say someone that's up and someone that's down based on what they uh, what they did this week. All right, I'll start with Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell is up. He's up in my book for a couple of different reasons. He's up because he had a blast at JT Poston's wedding. Mm. That was Saturday night. JT Poston, tour winner. Um, pretty much a beloved tour guy, right? He's pretty low profile. Not everybody knows his name, but on tour, a lot of people love him, especially like the Sea Island squad. Sea Island um, Mafia. And so, why was Keith Mitchell up? Um, he was up because he was he was so excited to be at a PGA Tour wedding that he was like sharing it on his Instagram story, which is, you know, Justin Thomas got married a month ago and there were no cell phones allowed. Right. And, you know, we often see weddings like that on the PGA Tour. People want complete um, surveillance, I guess, over the photos that get posted and and comfort that no one will be posting anything so keith mitchell was like screw it man I'm, I'm just posting videos and he was like looking down across the aisle uh before jt and his and his wife walked down it and he was zooming in on harry higgs and on joel damon these guys are cleaning up nice and you know their hair looks nice it's kind of funny like you know those two idiots who took their shirts off in phoenix last year they go to weddings too and so they were wearing it i think they were both in tuxes or in, or in suits and looking all nice and cleaned up and it just looked like a really fun time. So Keith Mitchell is up in my book. I like that. That's a feel good story from social media. No less. 
Uh, thanks, Keith, for bringing us along. That's some true, um, some true kind of common man PGA Tour access. You don't get that at the. I mean, no offense to JT Poston, nice player, a lot of success. <laughs> you know, delightful marriage upcoming, no doubt. Um, but yeah, those A-listers, Tiger Woods. What wasn't there some? There was some crazy thing where he was getting paparazzi kicked out of his wedding. DJ and Paulina, no, not much live action from that, um, et cetera, et cetera. I'm happy for those guys. Sean, my up this week is NBC Sports' newest golf employee, Smiley Kaufman. Wow. Yeah. Good one. I had to look up because I was like, has this guy still been playing sort of under the radar? He did play the 2022 Puerto Rico Open. Um, but, you know, he only played... He played three events in 2021, missed three cuts. He played three events in 2020, missed three cuts. Ever since his 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 brief run of success, his peak on the PGA Tour, which is now several years ago, uh, Smiley has been down pretty bad on the golf course, but he has been delightful during his media appearances. Um I remember seeing and experiencing him for the first time at this year's PGA championship where I guess he was doing uh, ESPN stuff mm-hmm. and walking with some of the groups. And, you know, there was a nice segment where he was like trying to finish off a hot dog and he's kind of in that zone where he still is the age of a lot of the guys out there. And he has played on tour relatively recently. Um, but he is no longer himself really playing. So he's going to step into that role for NBC. And it's yeah, just... He's, he's Colt Nose 2.0. He's Colt Nose right? 2.0. Yeah. He's NBC's answer to Colt Nost, I would say. Yeah. And you don't... You see this in other sports all the time, especially now, it seems like. There are guys that are still in the NFL who are being groomed for their jobs afterwards. The, the guys that are like a couple years out... Um, are killing it. I mean, you look at, I don't know, Tony Gonzalez, but he's now been out for a few years, but um, he's been holding together this Amazon show. I mean, Pat McAfee basically left the NFL to, yeah. to do media Ryan stuff. Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's what I was trying to think of. Richard Jefferson. There's guys in the NBA that have their own podcasts uh, while yeah, they're still That's playing. my question for you. How many months until Smiley announces that he's doing a podcast? Like I, I promise you, I promise yeah. you that this happens. It's is guaranteed to happen. Smiley, I didn't even it, think of that. You're so right. It, it, it's guaranteed to happen. It happened to Colt Nost. Like yeah. Colt makes a great living um, as a broadcaster, but at some point, like if you're gonna be really busy talking about golf, you might as well be like make that your entire life and get paid for every ounce of it that you do. And so Colt has a podcast with golf.com. He has a serious XM show uh, that is essentially the same thing as his podcast. So he's getting paid like on both ends there. And then he's getting paid as a broadcaster and as a, you know, a pro-am guest and all these things. So Smiley feels like he's going right down that path. And you know what? Kudos to both of them because um, they're both really good at it. Shout out Subpar, our sister podcast here at golf.com. Yeah, but it's just not typically a thing that happens in golf. And that's because in golf, guys' careers don't end. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's some guys that fall off the map a little bit. That does happen. But it's pretty rare once you get into that 
echelon of guys that we actually know of guys that are in the the collective sports consciousness like smiley did it's pretty rare for those guys to not just sort of continue to play and play and play and we're seeing a little bit more of i I guess there's more opportunities now there's more of like the uh, featured group coverage there's more chances for guys to call yeah there's not that many chances though but there's not there's really not that many like if you just think about what what you get if you are a former backup quarterback in the nfl or like an sec quarterback or something like that you know how many football games are broadcast on espn plus like college football games every single saturday like there are so many football games that you can be a broadcaster for the same goes for college basketball um and golf isn't at that level of public consumption that has to have everything broadcasted. So um, there's only so many spots for a Paul Isinger, a Smiley Kaufman, a Colt Nost. Yeah. I think we had seen, we'd really gotten used to a lot of guys that are a little bit more in the vein of Justin Leonard, who wants to play the champions tour and is getting ready for that. But then also, you know, wants to uh, do a little bit, bit of media stuff in the meantime, between his PGA tour and PGA tour champions career. So now to have someone that's, you know, Sean Zoxage, for example, doing that after playing on tour. It's interesting. Smiley Kaufman is up. Uh, You know who's down bad? Who dat? Podrick Harrington. Mm. Podrick Harrington shouldn't be down bad. I love uh, Podrick Harrington. (laughs) In December of 2022, he's playing on the Champions Tour. He's playing quite well on the Champions Tour. Like He's comfortably... Uh, waved goodbye to most of his PGA Tour starts. Um, you know, he's had his career as a Ryder Cup captain. He's he's supposed to do what you just talked about and not let his career end, but kind of like have the cushiest part of it. Um, and instead, or in addition to doing all that, he's typing out notes app statements about the OWGR, the official world golf ranking. Folks, I'm not going to read it off because it's a bunch of hogwash, but you can go to Padraig's Twitter to really see this. He luckily spared his Instagram followers from this diatribe. But Padraig said in 290 words, which were screenshotted from his notes app, that the OWGR new system, which is in the news, is a mistake. He created a hypothetical that is really, really, really uh, shortchanged and cutting corners um, and typed out that... uh, Everything in terms of the OWGR and its depth and the strength of field, like basically the only thing that matters is the fields on the European Tour versus the fields on the PGA Tour. And that's for sure not true. Uh, It goes way deeper than that. But Padraig was was just very much wrong about, uh, about the new system because the new system rewards fields just having more players. And that's something that a lot of top players are getting wrong right now. John Rahm is wrong about it. Tiger Woods is incorrect about it. I wrote about this on golf.com this week. Like some of the biggest names in the world are wrong about the OBGR because they think that the Hero World Challenge, because it has a bunch of big names, should get a bunch of points. It's just a really easy event to win. Like Victor Hovland might not win every tournament around the world this week because you get 100 really solid tour level players together three or four of them are going to play out of their minds and probably beat victor hovland that's the truth that's why like strength of field 
in the PGA Tour event with 150 players is going to dwarf the DP World Tour Championship that only had 50 players. Padraig is wrong about this, so is John Rahm, but mostly Padraig is down bad because he's venting about it in an incorrect way on a notes app statement. <laughs> because he Twitter. cares about it at all. Yeah. Um, well, I encourage people to go read your world rankings piece on golf.com. Uh, I don't know. We should, we, we should get some people on the drop zone to talk through it too. Maybe we'll get Brody on here and Smiley. Uh, Double episode. <laughs> Up and down special. Um, I just had a quick one, Sean, and that's uh, that's just for Greg Norman. Not having a great week. Ooh. I mean, you know, you could debate this. You could see it different ways. You could say that Norman saying, oh, he actually doesn't care what Tiger and Rory thinks is actually him showing strength. I think it's got to be pretty sad for Norman to actually hear two of the greatest golfers of this generation uh, saying that, you know, he's not an adult, that he needs to step down. And Rory, actually, in this Paul Kimmage interview that came out today, was just talking about the origins of why he just really doesn't like Norman. And it came back to Rory was saying some things early in 2020 when this was first coming out. And I uh, said, Norman reached out to him was rude and condescending basically. And Rory extended the olive branch later and Norman then kind of trashed him in the press. Anyway, to hear John Rahm and Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods all say, yeah, look for anything to actually work here in professional golf for there to be any compromise, Greg Norman can't be around. That just can't be a good <laughs> feeling, right? <laughs> well, it's such a, bigger step than like what the RNA took this summer when they were like, Hey, you know, our like dinner of champions, Greg, you're not invited. And <laughs> Phil, you're also kind of not invited. Like that's like yeah. hey, peak, peak hysteria between these two tours, peak of this civil war. Uh, yeah, it's probably okay for them to say that, but this is like, Oh, the rest of the golf world doesn't want me around for anything. It's definitely sad. Yeah, I think you're right. That's actually a good distinction. I think that there is, I think the champion's dinner thing, I probably would have handled a different way because I think that you have to sort of, if you're the PGA Tour, if you're these major championship entities, you probably want to rise above the fray kind of where you can. And that there's something about the like, yeah, look, Greg can keep doing his thing if he wants, but it's probably bad for Liv and bad for everyone. That's kind of a way more devastating burn. Like Rory said in this interview that he thought Liv was, he thought the PGA Tour is lucky that Norman's in charge because if he wasn't in charge, if it was someone else, they would have made inroads much quicker. I'm not sure if I totally believe that. I think I Norman don't think is that's the, true. I think Norman is. Cam Smith is on that tour because Greg Norman, I think, did a lot of things to get him and the Australian guys on that tour. Norman is right. He fits the profile pretty well in a lot of ways. I mean, he, he was, yeah, well now we're in a different territory. This is a whole other conversation, but yeah, Norman was a great freaking golfer. He was really, really good. Uh, yeah. And he has a lot of value in that position. I don't know if there's even any validity to these guys being like, yeah, Norman needs to step aside. Like, Okay, why should they listen to what Rory thinks about Liv? Like, well, what's the, you know? Yeah, that's like why we're in. It's not like he has Liv's best interests at heart. 
That's why we're at the, I think we're at the worst moment in PJ tour versus live because no news is being made. Uh, headlines are being made, but no news is being made. Like live golf has like really bungled its uh, schedule release. And yeah. it's coming during a time of the year when no one is talking about live golf. They've been able to keep us talking about them forever, but no one's really talking about them right now. Two so land grabs boring. this week too, actually, that that sort of just didn't make that much attention. But I, I think spun the right way. Live could kind of be like, look, we just snagged a venue from the PGA Tour and we snagged a venue from the DP World Tour in Valderrama yeah. and Mayakoba. Yeah, and since like they haven't just come out with the schedule, even though the schedule has basically been known for a long time, or maybe it's still being put together, whatever. Like we've reached a very boring state, the valley between the peaks of of fun news, um, chaotic news, you know, players leaving and the, everyone's thoughts on that. So like, where have we arrived? We've arrived at people with. BS hypothetical conjecture like yeah you know I could see it working out but like Greg has to be you know gone or Tiger just saying you know like I I guess we could we could see it down the line somewhere everyone is talking about it happening potentially down the line but Tiger says you know there's lawsuits that are happening so like it's all these hypotheticals that no one has a solution for so it is for sure the dumbest era of the live golf versus PGA Tour Civil War no doubt hopefully this podcast is not reaching that same boring low <laughs> um john i think that's a good place to wrap things you having a good week you a winner you up you down nope we've had shoulder surgery um in chicago and so i will not be playing golf for three months and i think it's starting to starting to sink in mm. i don't i don't even get to do little chip shots right now in my apartment we're pretty immobile all right somewhat down folks Send Sean your good vibes. Uh, check out radmoregolf.com. Use code DROPZONE there. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>